Hello, America, and welcome to the Thursday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where, well, the election is still hanging. We're still waiting for the courts to intervene, for recounts to occur in Wisconsin and Georgia. And we don't have a lot of clarity yet, but we are getting more and more evidence, particularly out of the Just the News uh, election integrity investigation that we launched in all the battleground states. One of those um, uh, important developments where we've been going through all the affidavits that have been filed by real Americans. Americans, poll watchers, poll workers, election office workers, voters, trying to ascertain where is the most compelling evidence of wrongdoing. And this morning, uh, we had a story under my byline, multiple Michigan residents swear under oath they witnessed widespread voter fraud in Detroit. This is a really important story. Why? Because we're no longer talking about theory. We're no longer talking about data anomalies. We're no, not just scratching our heads and said, something's wrong because turnout's too high or something's wrong because this doesn't match what happened in 2016. We're actually talking to people who were on the front lines of the election, and they are telling us they witnessed widespread fraud, widespread anomalies all throughout the election. And I want to turn to one. You can go to the story and you can see I highlight about a half dozen out of the 60 plus affidavits I reviewed yesterday. Uh, But the ones in Michigan are are absolutely the most um, compelling. And I think that it's important uh, to understand exactly what it is that we're talking about. So Jesse Jacob is a longtime city of Detroit uh, employee. She uh, had been there decades, I think more than three decades is what I'm told. She was assigned to work the election. She says in a sworn affidavit, which means she's saying this under penalty of perjury, she's saying this under risk of being fired as a city worker if she's not telling the truth, that uh, she personally witnessed and in some cases participated in the backdating of thousands of absentee ballots the day after the election. So remember, you can only count ballots that come in until election day. But in this case, uh, she said thousands of ballots were being brought into the election center in the city of Detroit uh, the day after. And she and others were being asked to make them appear legal by backdating them. And in some cases, adding their names to the qualified vote file, meaning uh, these were people who uh, weren't in as qualified voters. And so they had to add their name to make it look legit. Now that is fraud. And she is not saying it was isolated or a handful of times. She's saying just the day after the election alone, uh, I estimated that this was done to thousands of ballots. That's just the day after the election. Now, take Jesse uh, Jacob back a little bit further. She began working on the election in September, and she identified a lot of other wrongdoing that she was participant in, saw, walk alongside. I'm just going to read what was going on back in September. This is directly from her sworn affidavit. Uh, Jesse Jacob, longtime civil servant in the city of Detroit. Here's what it says. Quote, I processed absentee ballot packages to be sent to voters while I worked at the election headquarters in September 2020, along with uh, 70 to 80 other poll workers. I was instructed by my supervisor to adjust the mailing date of these absentee ballot packages to be dated earlier than they were actually sent. The supervisor was making announcements for all workers to engage in this practice. That is widespread fraud. When you've got 80, 70 to 80 workers, she says, were doing this, which was sending out ballots to make them look like they were sent in July, even though they were being out and sent in September. Now, what reason could one have for doing that? Well, maybe because the ballots had already been filled out 
out on the back end. That is the concern that some of the lawyers and, and election fraud experts worry about when they read uh, Jesse Jacobs' pretty compelling testimony. There are lots of others uh, that we um, mentioned in this story. I really encourage you to go read it. It's an important story, uh, and it really gives you, for the first time, sworn proof. American citizens putting their reputation the potential of going to jail on the line to say, I saw election fraud in the case of Jesse Jacobs. She said, I participated at the instruction of my bosses in these activities that most people in America would consider fraudulent. I think that's such a compelling and extraordinary um, development that we should all pay attention to. And uh, we're going to do more. The uh, Just the News election integrity investigation goes on. We've gotten some Freedom of Information Act requests. We've obtained some city documents in some of the urban areas. Uh, earlier this week, as you know from listening to this podcast, we got the first list of all the places Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook founder, dumped his $350 million in an effort to influence the election and ter- increase turnout during the COVID crisis. Um, well, step-by-step, piece-by-piece, fact-by-fact, document-by-document. We're putting data out. Perhaps the most extensive thing we're doing is uh, doing data analyses of people who voted early in states where the records in the U.S. government suggest they've left those states, may have left those states one, two, three years ago. And uh, once we identify those, and we've identified about seven, 800,000 people that fit those descriptors, we're working phones and other communications devices to figure out, hey, did you vote? Did you not vote? Um, and we're beginning to compile a list of people who may have had or been the victim of voter fraud. When we get real results on that, complete results, we're going to come back to you and give you that. But that's what we're working at just the news. Now, when we come back in a few seconds, we're going to come back with an interview with State Representative Vernon Jones of the great state of Georgia. He was the Democrat who dared to uh, support Donald Trump this election, who got ousted or shunned by the Democratic Party in Georgia for being honest about who he supported, explaining why uh, decrying Joe Biden's claim that you aren't black if you don't vote for Joe Biden. Uh, He's going to talk to us about what went on in Georgia, what it's been like the last 10 days, what the recount could in Georgia, which is going to be a hand recount, what that's going to look like and what can come uh, from all of that. He still believes this election was stolen. That's what he's telling people. You're going to hear it from him in just a few seconds. We're going to go to this great commercial break from our great sponsors, our great advertisers. We'll be right back with an exclusive interview with State Representative Vernon Jones of the great state of Georgia, the Democrat who dared, yes, who dared to support Donald Trump this year. Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at Field of Greens. 
Com. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest. We had him on before the election. You loved him. And so we had to have him back to help make sense of all that's happened the last 10 days since Election Day. State Representative Vernon Jones from Georgia, the Democrat who dared to support Donald Trump, joins us again. Uh, Representative, good to have you on the show again. Thank you, John, for having me. Um, I wasn't sure if you liked me enough. You know, it took you long enough to get me back on. <laughs> oh, we loved you. Trust me. And our, more importantly, our <laughs> listeners and viewers loved you. That's all that mattered. So that's yeah. great. Well, we're we're so uh, so honored to have you on. So help us understand what we're going through in this country right now. Let's start with your home state of Georgia. What's the latest? What do you make of Georgia right now? Well, well John, let me tell you, there's a, a couple of things happening here. But right quick, uh, first of all, there's litigation moving forward. We've hired uh, Lynn Wu- Wood, who you know. Right, yeah, tremendous lawyer, man's right? Good. Yeah, he is amazing. So he's fallen through the lawsuit. At the same time, there's been pressure on the Secretary of State to have this recount. So he's announced yesterday there will be a recount. It takes about five days. And I mean, uh, it's going to be a hand count recount. Yeah, you know, old-fashioned. Uh, if you will. Yes, and so when you talk about about five million uh, ballots cast, and when you look at, uh, you have 159 counties in Georgia, everybody at the local level will be doing the recount. And, and John, I think one of the biggest things that people are more concerned about than anything else was those mail-in ballots. And as you know, that's what the president talked about, and that's where the exposure is on a lot of this election fraud. And I call it election fraud versus voter fraud. The Democrats want to say there's no voter fraud. And when somebody votes and they're dead, that's that's election fraud. Right. All right. And so um, when you look at ballots haven't been signed, when you look at um, even their signatures, where these machines are with software, that's another thing that's being looked at, the software and the hardware and these machines, do they recognize signatures? So there's enough there, John, to really um, um, move forward with addressing these concerns. The voters con- or should be and they are concerned about it. Here's what I don't understand. The Democrats always talk about a free and transparent, transparent election. Um, who complained more about uh, voter fraud than Stacey Abrams and her group? Um, and so here they are. The Democrats do not want us to count these ballots again. The election is close. Uh, the irony of the hypocrisy of the John. Yeah, it's 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 remable, uh, remarkable how the tables returned from 2018 when, yeah. when so many of the Democrats were yelling foul to today. What do you make of the turnout? I mean, you you've been in this state and in politics for 30 years, done you know, been at the top of service, and you know how the state operates. We, we know the president turned out his vote. How did so much Democrat vote turn out? And you know, are you confident that there's real when when we say election fraud? People who did not vote that are listed as voted, do you think there are shadow votes, dead voters? How confident are you that there's a substantial number of bad votes in this election? John, if you go back and look at this carefully, who have been pushing for day one, from day one, right. on mail-in ballots? It's been the Democrats. Right. It's been Stacey Abrams and her group, Unfair Fight. From That's the biggest exposure in this election those mail-in ballots. Now, when you break that down with 5 million votes and a difference of 12,000, the president's people came there that day and voted that day. That day of the election, it shouldn't be that much still of a difference between election day and early early voting. And I tell you why, or let's say mail-in ballots, because many people who were, who were 
scared by the pandemic, although right. it's serious, don't get me wrong. Right. A lot right. of seniors and others, and not necessarily those who are frail seniors, but a lot of those well seniors who felt like, okay, I think I'm going to send my ballot in. Uh, I'll vote through the mail-in ballot. Well, it's strange. You, I think you should have had a lot higher number for the president in those ballots. Um, so either the election was about even, Steve, with those mail-in ballots, or there was an emphasis so much on mail-in ballots where they were ballot harvesting. Right. And I think that's where the issue, and that's what the president spoke about. Well, let's be clear. In, in the, Georgia, ballot harvesting is illegal, right? It's not appropriate for people yes. to come and round up people's votes for them, right? Right. Yeah. Right. It's illegal. Have but you found any evidence of it? I mean, you have great intelligence on the ground. You you know you know the people, the streets, the incredible activists in the state. Uh, do you see any sign of ballot harvesting? Have you detected anyone said, "Yeah, my harv- my ballot was harvested." John, when I the emails that I receive and the phone calls that I receive, and that's just me as a legislator. Right. Um, it's across the board. We're seeing irregularities across the board. I know how some try to narrow in. Well, give me specific evidence here. Well, for example, um, which is within the whole rim, the largest precinct in the state of Georgia, full in Fulton County. Right. Atlanta area. Yep. In Atlanta area, when poll watchers who, by law, they can be there. When poll watchers were told that we're through counting ballots right now, we're tired, staff is tired, we're going to let everybody go home. The poll watchers leave, they lock the door, and they count for another three hours. Wow. And there was a local media outlet here that agreed and was there when they were put out. Right. And so when you, you, when you look at this thing in totality, that's why I talk about election fraud. There were just so many different things going on. But I believe with that recount, uh, I, I believe that certainly would swing in the, in the president's favor because I believe a lot of those ballots would be thrown out. And as those ballots are thrown out, I think that favors the president without a doubt. Wow. Do you have any sense that any state law enforcement agencies like the State Bureau of Investigations, whether any police agencies are looking at matters in Atlanta? We know the Secretary of State started the recount. Uh, we know there are civil matters. But any sense that any criminal investigations are underway in the Georgia area? You know what? That's what many of us are kind of concerned about. The Attorney General, uh, Attorney General Chris Carr. Right. You know, is he so concerned about the election 2022, where he's up for re-election, that he's not coming out making a bold stand? Matter of fact, have you heard anything from him? That's sort of ironic. We have. Yeah, he's been very quiet. The attorney's yeah. been very quiet. Uh, but something's something's there. Again, either they're that afraid of their election, don't want to stand up for what's right, but they don't know if they don't stand up today, the same thing can happen to them in 2022 when they're up for re-election. And so, you know, John, it takes people courage uh, to stand up for what is right. And, and the AG is standing up for every voter, not just Republican, but Democrats, too. The AG should have been the first one out. And as a matter of fact, the Secretary of State was called out. About uh, the two U.S. senators, and they basically said, "Look, you're not doing your job. You really failed overall, and you should resign." And so, um, John, you you know this thing. Um, you know how it is. When the shoe is on the other foot, then they want to make noise. But right now, they're looking at their, I believe, their election in 2022. And by the way, let's be clear about something, John. No blue wave came through Georgia. Yeah. When you look at the Georgia legislature, or the country, where was the? Across the country, yeah. maybe a water gun, but no, <laughs> you know, no blue wave. Right. 
Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Listen, the Republicans have picked up seats in the House, and uh, President Trump, you know, outperformed the polls by a mar- you know, a factor of uh, many. Uh, there's no doubt. In fact, one could argue that the the left side of the party was actually rebuked in some way, even though do- uh, Joe Biden's in the lead right now in these states. Um, the 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 many of these districts that were swing districts, they swung back to Republicans, which has to send a message to the Democratic Party. I know you've been delivering that message of not getting too far away from from the base. That's that's what made you such a successful Democratic um, uh, state representative for so long. What happens uh, in, to both parties now? You look at the Republican Party, there's this influx of new voters, right? Blue-collar voters, minority voters, first-time voters. You've got on the Democratic side um, a little bit of a departure of traditional African-American, Hispanic voters. Certainly in, in the South, we saw it. Do you think both parties are reevaluating their opportunities going uh, into 2022? And what do you think the lessons for each party are from this election? Well, well, John, that's a good question. And again, I'm still a little concerned. How can across the country pick up House seats or Republicans pick up House seats and the legislatures remain the same, but the president losing some of those states? Yeah. There's something to that specifically to, to the president. Now, with that being said, I think the Democrats realize, and you heard the, uh, I think the majority leader uh, on, the, on the, or maybe the majority whip say that uh we have to stop talking about defunding the police. We have right. to stop talking about socialism. As a matter of fact, one Congress lady who lost, she made it clear to them that that rhetoric yep. cost the, the race. Yeah, it cost of the race. And so they're looking at, hey, AOC and those others have hijacked the Democratic Party. They're taking them in the wrong direction, and it's going to cost them any more, even more. This was a warning, a significant warning. Now, with that being said, the Republican Party is looking at, well, wait a minute. President Trump brought us some votes over that we never had before. Yeah. He 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 put the, the he laid it out there. He didn't just say, "Oh, we're going to pursue African American support or minority support." He put his money, his machine, his time and effort behind it, including his agenda. And more importantly, John, he has a track record on what he's done for minorities. The Republicans are going to have to get on board, and I think they will. They see the game plan, but John, they have to beat the Republicans. Uh, I mean, beat, beat the Democrats to the starting line on yeah, true legislation using Tim Scott and others. You've done a good job addressing prison reform, that president's platinum plan. The Republican Party should embrace that. Let the Senate bring a bill out of there and send it to the House. Let the House turn it down. See if they're turn down a bill that's going to uh, take away from support of African-Americans and other minorities. Yeah, they you've been, a big, you've been a big this. champion of that. You see that really resonating with everyday people, don't you, the platinum plan? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Be- because, J- John, the, the thing about it, the platinum plan, the reason why they have it right, it's about job creation through yeah. creating small businesses. Most jobs come through small businesses. That's right. And you can grow yourself out of this deficit. You can grow yourself by starting, expanding businesses, creating jobs, and let us grow our way out versus cutting taxes, hurting businesses. You want to raise the minimum wage. These small businesses can't afford it, certainly since the COVID has hit them. And you want to talk about raising taxes on them and cutting the uh, cutting the uh, president's tax cuts out. That doesn't make any sense. And that's going to hurt the Democrats, too. Yeah, no, that's you, you can see it. And, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing already, even though Donald Trump's tax cuts reduce the burden on, on many um, uh, people in America, 
the um, in the states where they just ramped up the local city and local state taxes, California, New York, you're seeing this enormous flight of residents yes. and citizens to other states. If you're a Democrat, you have to look at that agenda and say, I'm losing people because of that agenda. Why do you think that the Democratic Party hasn't taken that message? It doesn't see the threat. I mean, New York and California are two states that are you know bleeding residents and citizens by large numbers. Isn't, is there someone in the Democratic Party that must be saying, wake up, what are we doing? You know what, um, if, and I love, Dem- uh, I love California, I love New York, but if you're moving now into New York and, and California, you must not be used to paying any taxes. All right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so young people may be going there because yeah. they haven't been homeowner, homeowners yet. Right, but, right. but those who are leaving, like, wait a minute, you're taxing me. My, my, my community is not getting any better. You're defunding police. The infrastructure is not getting any better. You're opening the borders to illegals when that those money. And by the way, I, I support immigration, but we have to do it in a way that's reasonable right. and, and with uh, with the process. But, John, uh, that is not playing well with Democrats who are having to leave. And it's kind of interesting. We're saying to those Democrats, if you're going to move to where we are. They don't come and try to change us and make yeah. us like where you came from. Right. Because we'll be right back where we were. Don't bring I heard those Andrew policies Yang, there. Yeah. I heard of Andrew Wang. Is he a California resident or New York? I heard him recently say he was going to move to to Georgia. Yeah. Oh, uh, Andrew Yang. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Right. Former right. presidential well, candidate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's probably coming because Georgia is the best place to do business. Georgia's taxes are low. Uh, Georgia uh, is physically responsible and physically sound. They and sure so yep. he's trying to hide, I guess, behind, oh, he wants to come down and help these uh, liberals get elected. But that's what have these other states screwed up because they've gone so far without physical responsibility. Again, not supporting law enforcement. And, and John, I know we're going on and you just stop me when you want to, but I'm so excited about how some of this is turning around. Think about Minneapolis. Right. When they looked to, they wanted to, to reduce and they reduced law enforcement budget. Now here's a police chief saying, hey, we don't have enough officers. We need a half million amazing? dollars yeah. and to bring officers in from out of state. And even when it came out of committee, it was seven to six when it came out of committee. Yeah, it's Almost crazy. going to full body. So, yeah. you know, it just shows that their policies uh, have just been off, off beat. they just not uh, for the American people. Yeah, there's so much interesting dynamics going on, and I think the American people are starting to speak with an increasing voice. It'll be interesting as you look at Joe Biden, who I think historically has been a moderate and viewed by his party as a moderate, and then he has all of these activist left-wing uh, uh, people he's going to be facing, Bernie Sanders and AOC and Tlaib and Omar and, and some of the new young guns and the media. Uh, is the bigger war going to be between Democrats and Republicans or between two different types of Democrats inside the Democratic Party? Well, when I hear about those various uh, senators talking about going over and working in the administration, first of all, they have a boss to answer to. That's right. There's going to be a conflict there. They're not going to last long there anyhow. Secondly, <laughs> they used a lot to be in their own running. boss, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of them, only only thing they ever run was their mouth. And so <laughs> you, you're going to see a, a split there, obviously, because the yeah. policy they want to push does not line up with the American people. Great point. Uh, and Joe Biden, I think, and I like him as a person, uh, but when you look at who his vice president is, uh, she's coming from California. Um, you know, how, how can you have someone like that a heartbeat away from the nation and uh, and feel safe if you're American worried about her leftist views and, and what they've done to California? And so um, I, I don't think Joe Biden, I think the Republican Democratic Party is out of control, starting with Nancy Pelosi when she let AOC and those others come in 
uh, and start controlling. You know, the mental basically ate the fish over there. They're the ones who's controlling that house body with the agenda. And uh, it's not yeah. good for the American people. We're not a socialist country. Ask people from Venezuela that's here and other countries. They know. Where socialism just does not work. Yeah, no, they, they experienced it firsthand. It's a theory to a lot of these young people who uh, got indoctrinated by their college professors. But those who lived under communist and socialist regimes know exactly what the experience is and what the uh, end result is, which is loss of freedom, loss of economy. Um, It's really remarkable that that there's so many young people in this country that think socialism or communism is viable. It's really really stunning to me. Um, Well, you know, it's kind of interesting, John. People like you and me, when we were growing up, we were taught to work, hard work. We wanted a job. We wanted extra money. They didn't give it to us. We get a paper route or, you know, you sell vegetables or whatever. But the younger people now, uh, you're right. They they don't have. There's no push for them to do hard work or earn their own. They want something given to them. Yeah, entitlement. And when you hear entitlements, you know, and liberal colleges, they are only hearing about the socialism from liberal colleges because they don't let people like you and me come on there who have a difference of opinion. And so they come out of college with that background, uh, thinking that everything should be free, and it's just uh, it's sad. Yeah, no, you're so right about the the dynamic. When you look back now, I mean, obviously this year you you experienced a lot of rejection from your own party, despite your loyalty, your success, your extraordinary service to your constituents, which has never been in question. Will there be room for a Vernon Jones in the Democratic Party five or 10 years from now? Or do you think the party has left uh, the perch where so many great Democrats like yourself were welcomed and successful and really representing the constituency in a powerful way? Um, I'm curious if you see a Vernon Jones uh, spot in the Democratic Party five or 10 years from now. Well, you know, uh, John, um, sometimes you can be ahead of your time um, and sometimes you have to wait until time is on your history. Uh, But one courageous man in the crowd is a majority. And what I'm saying, they know (laughs) what I'm saying is right, um, but they prefer to let a D or R make up their decision in terms of what I'm saying is right or wrong and not you know, what I'm in reality, uh, what I'm saying is what's best for the American people. Trump has opened that door. He's gotten more minority participation uh, than any Republican president in the past 50 years. Here's how I helped, if anything, I helped the Democratic Party, John. They refuse in that party to stand up, African Americans stand up and say, wait a minute, you know, we've been your most loyal block of voters. You right. know, you come after us in the primary. But then in the general election, you think we're a captive audience and you don't need to come out and earn our vote anymore. And so we're just going to come in naturally vote for you. And Joe Biden was right to a certain extent. Uh, if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. Well, because that's been the voting history of African-Americans. Yeah. But we're opening up. There are people like myself and others who realize, wait a minute, this is not the Democratic Party that my dad may have been supportive of with that's his right. physical conservative ideas and, and family values and, and protecting the First and the Second Amendment. Um, supporting law enforcement. This is not that party anymore. So I think right now um, you're going to see more and more blacks not only uh, become Republicans, get elected as Republicans. Right. Uh, Burgess Owens coming out of California, I mean, out of uh, Utah now. I understand Utah? he's still in the lead, uh, right. African-American. And uh, But but it's not about color, John. It shouldn't be about color. But liberals no. have made it about color. And they painted Principles and values, right? That's back. what should yeah. matter. Yeah, and so yes, it's going to change. And it, what I've had to go, what I've had to go through, in order to uh, be that 
that literally be that bee that stung the ox. In other words, Joe Biden now wants to talk about what he wants to do for black colleges. He wants to talk about what he wants to do for prison reform. He wants to talk about what he wants to do uh, for, for black businesses. In 47 years, he hasn't talked about that. So that right. shows that they've done more in the past, I'd say, John, three months to earn the African-American vote than they ever have. But it's too late now because many of us are just becoming woke. And uh, no longer will you take our vote for granted. And you're going to start to see that it's starting to increase. You see the trend now. More and more blacks right. are becoming more independent. So you don't think that Donald Trump's an aberration in this election, but that there's an actual trend starting here towards the Republican Party. Who besides uh, Donald Trump? Obviously, you you were squarely behind him and, and really made an eloquent case for why you, 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 you chose to support him. Uh, who are some of the other Republicans that can pick up the Trump mantle, this this reach across the aisle and, and recognize the blue-collar voices of America, the African-American community, the Hispanic community, have more in common with the Republican parties that Democrats have led on? Who carries that agenda forward? Who, who else can expand that and evangelize that message? Well, when I think about that, I think about Senator Tim Scott right. at the forefront um, in a Republican state, Southern state. Um, right. And it's kind of ironic, though, that in the Senate, you have one African-American Republican and two African-American Democrats. But the difference is 95 percent of African-American vote has been going to Democrats. And why haven't Democrats, white Democrats, supported, recruited and supported African-Americans to run yeah. for U.S. Senate? It happened to me when I ran for United States Senate, John, in 2008, just Eight, coming out right of being now. county exec. Um, won the majority of the primary with 44 percent. But Harry Reid and Chuck Schumer, I was not their candidate no support from Washington. Why? Because they wanted, and matter of fact, the guy they supported was a very liberal leftist who had just lost the election. I had 44%, he had 32, but they didn't want to Unreal. support my campaign. Why? Because they didn't want African-Americans to be in those positions because they feel right. like they would get left behind if African-Americans got elected with a gender like mine in terms of conservative values. And not right. that I'm a nutcase, John, but I'm reasonable. We should work across the aisle. And black people have been black people want to run as Republicans or listen to Republicans. They get demonized uh, by the liberals hiring those agent provocateurs to attack them, including the media. So it's kind of interesting. Why should I get attacked? Because I happen to support uh, President Trump. Why should I? But his policies make sense. But African-Americans have been in that mindset, John, for the past 60 years. And, and and liberals have kept them in. When Joe Biden stands in front of a black congregation, say, well, if you vote Republicans, they're going to put you back in chains. Well, first of all, none of them have been in chains. Then um, when you see uh, um, Hillary Clinton, yeah. Hillary Clinton goes and do the same thing and starts trying to play black, I guess, I, I guess. I ain't feeling no ways tired in a black church. Those are dog whistles, in my opinion. Yeah. Those are dog whistles. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Someone and fed him a line. John, don't forget. <laughs> The mainstream media, the CNN, will not have me on their show. Why? Because the, I'm not a black that's on there talking about Donald Trump being a racist. I'm a black on there right. saying that Joe Biden is the bigot, and I don't fit their narrative. And so, uh, unfortunately, a lot of uh, people of color watch CNN, MSNBC, and they're getting fed that day in and day out. But but Fox yeah. and others like yours, um, you're starting to see that black audience shift over, John. And so that's why I'm glad you're here. Because you understand all oh, this, you. and you, you know you're open to who you bring on your show. Yeah, no, we should. The the greatest thing in the America is is the extraordinary um, 
uh, diversity that we have. And, and uh, right now, it seems like the media has to put everybody just in one category. Yeah. Most people aren't cookie cutters. Yeah. Almost all of us aren't cookie cutters. We think for ourselves and yeah. the media and the parties and the elites want us to just fall into one or two categories. And I think that that's where the real opportunity is. Do you see the potential for a viable, and when I mean viable, I mean something that could capture a majority third party in America, or is it just too hard to create a third party with the D's and R's and all of their advantages? You know, I think people are, John, to a certain degree, getting disgusted with both parties. And there, yeah. there are people um, who want, you know, to be a part of a party that's reasonable, that's rational, that believe in bipartisan efforts. Um, Bob Johnson founder BET, he made a comment. Right. Uh, he thought they should he be a, a yeah. black a black party so Democrats won't take their vote for granted and Republicans yeah. realize how important it is it can make a difference in the election and they'll do more to earn their vote. So, um, you know, I don't see, I don't think anytime soon you'll see that. But, you know, John, I never thought that we'd be in a day where we're defunding police officers, police departments either. You know, I never thought it'd be a day where, when we're burning yeah. churches and the media cares more about the person who's holding up a Bible in front of the church than the church that just got burned down. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, John. It is. And uh, the amazing thing is the American people see it. The elites are still reveling in it, but the American people see that's not where they want to go. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch the next year, to watch the populace, uh, which I think they will, uh, will impose their will and, and, and let the American elitists know, hey, we're still in charge in this country. <laughs> What's next for you? You've, you've had such a profound effect and you've opened so many people's minds. You're eloquent. You, you go across the country and you inspire people to think for themselves and not just take dogma or dogmatic instruction from party elites. Um, what do you do next? Well, well John, you know, um, I'm not running again. As I mentioned to you right. earlier, I'm leaving the field, but I'm not leaving yep. the stadium. Um, I lost <laughs> yeah, that's my, good. I lost my mom and my brother about seven yeah. months apart this past year. Mm. And I do need so some sorry. time off. But John, also, um, I have, uh, I'm getting ready to roll out my nonprofit organization that's based on conservative values and, right. and uh, preserving our way of life, the American way of life. It's called wakingupamerica.us. And uh, I want to use it as a platform to interface and interact with you and talk about what we're doing, go to college campuses and let people know uh, that the, their choices, these historical black colleges, there are 48 of them. That in right. itself is, yeah. is, is, uh, is a, a pond to fish in and just to be yeah, there. It's an amazing resource and amazing. Minds. They're amazing communities. I mean, we're blessed in Washington to have Howard, uh, but wherever you go, Grambling, Howard, I mean, they're just such amazing, vibrant communities. Yeah. And they've been taken for granted, quite frankly, by both parties for a long time. But there's got to be a great dialogue to be had on those campuses. Well, John, first of all, I'm going to start up my alma mater, North Carolina Central University. Absolutely. So, right. Which is HBCU. But John, that um, and speaking across the country and just, again, continue to get people woke. But, you know, um, as a politician, I know what's, what I know how they act, I know where they eat, I know how they walk. And so I think I would have something to contribute to organizations like yours when you're having people on um, and talking about the process that from a bipartisan standpoint, put the country before the party, but just not to have so much of the rhetoric going on, but true. Yeah, uh, honest conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, good conversation. Yeah. And so uh, that's a possibility. There have been some conversations about that. And so... Uh, last time I decided really what I was going to do, 
God laughed at me. So I know now just to <laughs> pray and tell him my heart's you, desire and then you, just let his will You want to make done. sure he's on board, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you understand, oh, John. Oh, uh, absolutely. There's nothing, but there's nothing like divine providence to, uh, to guide us. <laughs> Well, sir, it is an honor to always have you on the show. We're going to have you on more and more often. I, I love the conversation. And I think there's a, a fruitful conversation in America. we got to open up people's minds to, yeah. to being less yeah. hateful and spiteful and to maybe yeah. consider each other's ideas more. And I think yeah. uh, you're one of those people who can make that happen. Well, you know, John, you've taken a lot of heat, too. And, yeah. and I want to say this. Uh, in the days of Walter Conkright is just, is just over. Yeah, um, sadly, but they But for are. you to be able... You know, you were the, at the forefront of the whole deep state investigation. Um, when others laughed, when others poked fun, yeah. when others didn't want to look into it, when they didn't care because it wasn't their candidate, they pushed this, these fake narratives, Russia, Russia, right. Russia, Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. But I would watch you uh, when you were at the Hill, then I saw you more on Sean Henn, and then I saw that progression. You, But you were bringing out information that, there's just no way that information should not have been all across the networks, but they just yeah. refused to. And so regardless of what you went through, you, you stood up for what you believe was right. You were one of those courageous men in the crowd. Oh, uh, that you. was the majority. And uh, I, I hope that journalists uh, tune in. And I like, I like to, I'll tell anybody, if you want to know truly, look, uh, let, let's read what John Solomon says. Uh, look Thank at his you. reports. His information. Kind. John, you're you just call balls and strikes like me. That's all, and I can appreciate. Yeah, that. we just stick with facts. They're they're stubborn. Yeah. They they last all. They outlast all yeah. the rhetoric. That's one of the yeah. great things about facts. And you you've been a man of fact and a man of God both. So, where you you know you know firsthand. So, uh, Representative, I want to thank you. I'm uh, looking forward to having you back on the show regularly. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> yeah. have these conversations. I, I I think maybe we should take this podcast on the road and go <laughs> go talk to some people in the real world and uh, maybe do some town halls. I think it'd be pretty fun. Let's do it, John. Let's do it. I would love that. I think you know, I, I just heard a kernel of an idea when we were talking. <laughs> uh, John, well, your, your listeners can always uh, uh, tune in me on my or follow me on my social media. Rep yes, I tell John, everybody again so. how we how we follow you and all the ambitious things you're going to do next just rep vernon jones and of course you know i'll be in dc this weekend uh i'll be one of the guests you're going to the, the rally March. right yeah, yeah. I, I, I was honored to be asked to be one of the guest speakers uh, on saturday at starting at noon i think we're going sure. from freedom plaza to the supreme court um it's important because you know the constitution freedom of speech is for the minority too I always tell people the, the, the freedom of speech is not for the, for the majority. It's really right. set there for the minority. So regardless of how you feel, you should be able to express your opinion. And uh, when you see uh, peaceful demonstrations by uh, with, that's coming up for Stop the Steal, I just hope right. that people understand and come out and re be mindful that we're just executing our constitutional rights. There is no yeah, violence. There is so no important. intent to do anything else other than express our feelings and dissatisfaction with the way this election has gone, not because our person did not win, it's because we feel that the process, uh, there was there was enough election fraud. That's what we were concerned about, and that's what right. we're protesting about. And uh, no election should be stolen for anybody, Democrat or Republican. Yeah, no, that's at the heart of our, our great constitutional republic. Yeah. I think everyone would agree on that once we get past these moments. Uh, yeah. We're going to look back and dig into this and find out what really happened. So, yeah, yeah. Well, sir, it's an honor as always, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in D.C. later this week and uh, have you back on the show soon. Thank you, John. Peace out. Okay.
You too. God bless you, sir. All right, right. folks, we'll be back in a few seconds to wrap things up for the day. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, Accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. I hope you enjoyed our interview with State Representative Jones. Vernon Jones is a remarkable person, someone who's very interesting, uh, independent-minded, um, uh, perhaps uh, a uh, transformative figure in politics on the Democratic side, somebody trying to challenge the precepts the take-for-granted philosophies that he sees in his own party is a man who supports Trump but won't leave the Democratic Party, even though the Democratic Party has tried to leave him. I think you heard from him what he's going to try to do. He wants to create a nationwide dialogue about the issues that were at the forefront of this election that made Democrats cross over and support Donald Trump, that uh, were at the heart of the protests, the heart of the COVID freedom debate. Um, uh, I think you're going to see Vernon Jones rise to be an even more important figure, not just in Georgia now, but perhaps nationally. And uh, you got a very first chance to hear from him directly today on John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Hey, if you're looking for a quick news fix, go over to justthenews.com. We always have breaking news, 40, 50, 60 stories, videos, podcasts a day. Check us out often. You can keep abreast of the news. We're better than the Drudge Report. We've got a lot of news that Fox News doesn't have. Check us out. We're very proud of it. Uh, And um, we'll be back tomorrow with a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from justthenews.com. Come